Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spin FL. What's up, y'all? Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Yeah. The Super Bowl just happened. I, I had the wrong music on. I should have come out there. Don't, don't, go, 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 don't, 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 don't. And I could sound, I could talk like I'm uh, out of breath, 50 Cent, that we got to see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> 50 Cent making too much money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got takes on the Super Bowl halftime show. We can get to it. Yeah, we'll talk about we talk everything. About what a Super Bowl. We got us a good a good game, like we asked for, as everybody, you know, if you're not, I wasn't uh, too invested on who won. Mm. Uh, so I think we got we got a great game. Yeah. So uh, in the end, uh, as, as I spoke for the majority of the week about how I was not planning on staying awake for the Super Bowl, yeah. uh, I changed my mind. Yeah. I changed Saga's mind. She stayed up too. Uh, and then I think around Saturday, Saturday, Sunday? Was it Sunday? Sunday afternoon, Isak also changed his mind. And shout wow. out to him because he was the one who, like he had to be at school at 9 o'clock the next morning. Damn, that's uh, that young boy stuff. Saga right didn't start until like 12 o'clock, so she had no good reason not to stay up. And I really just, my... I, I'm always I'm busy but flexible, you know what I mean. So yeah, I can yeah. I can I work for myself, uh, and I fire myself every Friday, <laughs> and then I rehire myself at the beginning of every week. So wow. you know what I mean. That's it's yeah. a it's a it's a weird relationship I have with my boss, <laughs> uh, but it works out, and um, you know I get paid every month. It's all good. Um, <laughs> I uh, went to uh, Martin's studio, Omco mm-hmm. Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched it. How many people were there? Uh, let's see, eight to ten, between eight and ten people, something like that. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So we were like on the couch and in chairs and stuff, watching it. And uh, I had brought the, the snacks, mm-hmm. and uh, and I applied stuff I learned from. I saw the video, LT. by the way. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Very y'all, cool. y'all check it out if you haven't seen it. Go to my YouTube. Uh, and I don't know, you could put Jonathan Rollins Super Bowl food or something like that on YouTube, and you'll see me uh, with the the top chef in Sweden um, teaching me or elevating my Super Bowl. Slides. Or if you just Google Jonathan Rollins sexiest man in Sweden, that it will also pop up there. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. So it's a self. You know, that's the it, tag I put. Self proclaimed. <laughs> remember how they used to say that Michael Jackson was the self proclaimed king of pop. Really? Some people would say that. Yeah. Self-proclaimed king of pop. Wow. Yeah. That's some saying you could do that. I, I will start doing I'm that. The self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed sexiest, sexiest man, man in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun to do and uh and I used what I learned from him. Uh, it's, it's crazy that in a few hours I learned so much from this guy. Insanely good at what he does. Uh but yeah, I, I brought the snacks. Then 
after the game, I was still on kind of a high after such a good finish to the game. You know how mm. the uh, yep. it was like drama at the end. There was a lull in the game a little bit. It was like a there were seven punts in a row. Yeah, in the yeah, second quarter. Exactly. So, so yeah. it was like, okay, what's <laughs> happening here? And then uh, and then I went here. I came here. Oh, really? I pulled out the futon here. Okay. To a to a bed. Mm. I had, I had a blanket in my backpack. Mm. <laughs> Nice. I put the went to sleep for a little bit, and then I had the, a podcast to do um, called Olivora League, mm. and I'll talk about talk about sex with these two ladies for a while. Mm. Then uh, I came back. Thankfully, that uh, the reason I stayed here was because the pod's like ten minutes from here. Mm. So I went over there to their studio, did that. They're, it was the girl's birthday, so they're drinking champagne in the studio. Nice. So I'm drinking champagne with these ladies. <laughs> so Come, this is how you kick off your Monday. Yeah, it's how I kicked nice. off my Monday. <laughs> Came here, worked, cranked out some uh, some stuff for my YouTube that reaction videos. Then I went home, took a nap, got the kids, and then uh, went and ate some food. Got shit faced at uh, uh, the restaurant that was suggested to me by LT mm. um, called. Uh, What's the name of that place? Uh, Punk Royale. Mm. Highly recommend it. Yeah, if I you, heard about this place. Yeah, if you want it, cool. but it was, shit was expensive, but mm. it was worth it. Right. Worth every dime of my rent. Mm. <laughs> 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 so I finally went to, I came home uh, and crashed, and I'm, I'm recovered now. Kind of. Nice. Yeah. That was my Super Bowl extension. Right, right, I actually did not. I don't feel like I'm suffering uh, from staying up as much as I thought I would. Uh, precisely because I was not emotionally invested mm. in oh, the yeah, outcome yeah. of the game. Like when I stayed up to watch the Bulldogs win the national championship, yeah, like stress, yeah. I had so much stress and, and anxiety and, and yeah. adrenaline. Like I didn't go to bed right away after that. But after mm. this game, I went to bed. Boom. Out. I woke up at 11. Got up, did my notes for for today, yeah, um, and then had him, you know, just kind of went about my business. Did y'all have snacks? We did. We didn't really go all in, like we, because it was all sort of uh, last minute decisions. So we just kept it basic. We had some chips and stuff. Shout out to Saga. You got but, to see your team in the Super Bowl. You absolutely. Know? And I told her um, that when it was over, um, that this is. I I I'm like you know some some fans don't um, they're not looking for like a deeper experience when they watch sports they're looking for some sort of a of a distraction so to speak I seek out these moments <laughs> where where I can create a deeper meaning to the experience uh. and for me the idea and and it was actually your argument that helped me get there yeah. this you know when you started talking about. Go, you know, you you took the kids to London and they saw their first game and <laughs> and what that because that was a deeply kind of emotional yeah. experience for me because yeah. it was anytime I can sort of feel like I'm replicating something that my father did for me, yeah. right? And th- these are the kind of um, these are the kind of feelings that I'm I'm interested in replicating uh, or manufacturing for myself, you know, since my father passed away, like you know, because you don't get to have those moments with him anymore because yeah. he's not here anymore. Yeah. And the only way to sort of sort of, at least kind of manufacture some semblance of that feeling is for me to step into that role as a father and have that feeling like I've done something for my kids that my old man would have done for me, mm. right? And 
that's actually what kind of tipped me over the edge to like, you know what? Fuck this. We're staying up. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and also, I thought it was Did a cool... Did they have a choice? <clears throat> well, I think as soon as I said I was going to do it, yeah. my kids were all in. Okay, cool. Like, cool. they were like, okay, you know what? Papa's doing this. We're doing this too. <laughs> they call you Papa? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, <clears throat> and for Saga, like at the end of it, obviously, we all know at this point that the Bengals lost. What? I know. Sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> we'll bleep that part out. <laughs> Uh, but so I told Saga after the game, I said, I said, look, I'm sorry that your team lost, but I want to congratulate you. Yeah. And she said, why? She was, I said, because now you're a real fan. Yeah. Yeah. You stayed up till 4.30 in the morning to watch your team. Yeah. And you've just experienced a crushing loss, which can only, like, you can go one of two ways. You know, some people can you know, sort of start hating on their team or what I know it will do for her is that it will start to eventually generate this sense of hope that someday I'm going to be able to witness my team kind of overcoming yeah. this, 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 this disappointing moment in, in our team history. You cannot be a true fan, in my opinion, until you have experienced the disappointment and the heartbreak that your team can deliver to you. Yeah. Um, and that's why I feel a little, whatever, I don't want to get into you Swedish fans and how <clears throat> some of you have probably only been fans of your team since they've been good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, not name, fan, I'm not naming names. But the, if, you're a fan, <laughs> if you're a fan long enough, you're going to have the, your team yes. being bad. And yeah. hopefully you have your team being good. Um, and hopefully it turns you into a better fan. Yeah. Because let's face it, some fans, you know, are humble and some are not. Yeah. If you've been rooting for the Patriots since they had Tom Brady and you don't know anything about mm. what they because when I was a kid, they were trash. Yeah. So I, I don't even, I can't even have a conversation with a Patriots fan who... Who's, who's now a only, Bucks fan? Who's oh, yeah? Who's only known them since Tom Brady and is yeah. now a Bucks fan? And, and is now suddenly I'm supposed to give two shits about your existential crisis because Tom Brady just retired? Yeah. I don't know who to root for anymore. It's like you're a fucking Patriots fan, you asshole. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Enjoy. I it, have man. a friend like this who's like I don't know what to do. Like he's like depressed because Tom Brady's retired. I'm like, it's not. This ain't the NBA. I'm like, bro, fuck off. Like, <laughs> rooting for rooting for players. Be a real of, fan. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Let's talk about the game. Super Bowl Fifty Six, y'all. Yes. Um. First of all, I think very interesting setting. SoFi Stadium, home team again. Home team again. Um, very cool looking stadium. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen it like that. The way they got some good, like, uh, I guess now stock footage. You know what I'm saying? Like the shots they were getting. Mm. Beautiful. It's a cool looking stadium. With it's a shame right that we'll there. never be able to afford to enter into it. Was there a <laughs> limited? Is that why the prices were so high? Were they doing like a, they couldn't sell it out? You know what I mean? Was it because of that? I don't think so. I mean, there were 70,000 people there. I imagine okay. that's a sellout. There were 70,000 people, and they still charged that much money. Yeah. Have you no shame? No, clearly, no. Um, <clears throat> anyway, it was a great atmosphere. It kind of sounded to me, especially after the coin toss, you know, the, the Rams lost the coin toss. Uh, it sounded like there were more Bengals fans <laughs> there than Rams fans. Yeah, they traveled, and, man. And I listened to one of the podcasts that I normally listen to um, about the NFL 
th- those guys were at the game and they said, oh, it was easily 60-40 Bengals fans. Oh, wow. Easily. At least. Uh, well, the in, in Rams fans' defense, the team moved there not too long ago and they... Uh, I don't know. I think the that loses fans, and then. But I also think that they have an issue in in LA. LA exactly. With, like, you got these people who can afford to buy a ticket, and then they'll sell it for double the money. Oh. So that was what was happening with um, when the Rams played the Forty ers and the team. Yeah. Actually, came out and said, "Please." They actually said, "Please don't sell your tickets to Forty ers fans." And then yeah, when it's that like game, an Airbnb type of thing. And then when that game rolled around, it was more 49ers fans there than okay. Rams Okay. Some people probably didn't think about it until the team said something like, Oh, I shit, shit. My, yeah, I can my, my, my money, bitch. <laughs> I watch this shit on TV. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, let's get into the game. Yeah. Uh, because it, it had, like you said, it had, some, it had some peaks and valleys. Yeah. Some uh, interesting moments, but also some lulls. Uh, Rams got the ball first. Um, but the Bengals' defense, I mean, they came out of the tunnel ready yeah. to play. Awuzie uh, was great all night. He had a big hit on that first drive. Trey Henderson sacked um, Matthew Stafford to force the punt. Was it, Did they go three and out on their first drive? I think it was. I think they got a first. Oh, they did get a first down. First but, down. yeah. Um, yeah, but there, were, there was a lot of talk about the Rams' D in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. It, it kind of looked to me like the Bengals' D was feeling a little overlooked. They it were, shouldn't have been. I was talking about that. Like the whole playoffs. That's been. I'm surprised Anna Rumo hasn't been getting offers for coaching. Oh, I'm sure he will next year. Um, the Bengals. Their first offensive possession ended with a with a turnover on downs uh, after failing to get one yard on back to back plays, and this turned out to be a theme throughout the night because yeah, this would man. happen again. Um, I think I. <laughs> Honestly, I Zach Taylor. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, been, he was being carried. He's being carried by Lou Anarumo, man. I'm going to say it now, and then <laughs> I'm sure that we will revisit it as we kind of continue to break down this game. But I think Zach Taylor may have earned his nickname back. Yes. Uh, yes. Because I think the play calling was questionable. Yeah, the offense, like um, the defense, was ready. They were there. They were they were mixing it up. They had them. Uh, well, they also had a huge. Advantage with all with the injury, it seemed like the Rams are like dropping like flies a little bit. Yeah, so that was they were in it. I mean, it's obviously it's easy to say these things. The table was set. It's I agree. It's easy to say these things in hindsight, but the other thing, obviously, that didn't look so hot in hindsight was the fact that you know, obviously, they turned the ball over on downs um, at midfield. You give the Rams great field position. Yeah, Uh, it's early in the game, so it's like. I can kind of understand the decision. It's like we want to punish them early. And if we, you know, you're looking at it as like, okay, well, if we don't get it, we make a mistake. We got plenty of time to make up for it. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to kill him for that. Um, but it's obviously when you look back over the whole picture, it doesn't look good. Uh, and, run, and running out of the shotgun. Stop it. Teams, listen. It, <laughs> Stop running out of the damn shotgun. Yeah. Well, on third and one, mm. and then now you got fourth and one. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup's first catch of the game finally got the Rams offense kind of cranked up. Yeah. Uh, it looked like a harmless little pass out to the flats, and then Cooper Cup just 
did what, what Cooper do. Cup does and kind of amazing. He's sort of like a is it racist to say he's a white Debo Samuel, uh, or is it just no? Nah, it's not racist. No, it's just <laughs> why he got to be white. He just he liked Debo Samuel. Yes. <laughs> why it always got to be about black and white? Yeah, man. Yes, anyway, Skiff. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm trying to figure this out as I go. Uh, that was the end around. What a play call, man. Yeah, it was great. That was fourth and one. That was their fourth and one, right? Mm, I think that when they did the end around, that was later. In that the was game. later. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was the one where he caught the pass and he like kind of juked and jived for yeah, like yeah. twenty yards. Uh, a few plays later, my man, former Bulldog Matthew Stafford, dropped one into a bucket yeah. to OBJ. That was a beautiful pass. Eli Apple, I'm sorry, bro. That was actually that was later too. This one was on Mike Hilton. Okay, um, okay. He corner Mike Hilton. He had he had no chance. He was he was just a he was a step behind, and and honestly, again, a perfect pass. Yeah, you know, it was it wasn't a laser, but it wasn't a balloon either. It, it had just the perfect amount of arc to get right over the DB's hand and right into yeah. OBJ's bucket. He was dealing, man. Even the uh even the pass to cup was a really good pass to set him up to make the move. You know what I mean? It was just a better catch by I. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He was willing to deal in at first uh mm-hmm. early in the game. Yeah. But it felt like once OBJ went down, things changed. Agreed. Uh this game experienced this first little dip here. We had a couple of three and outs. Yeah. Um I was liking it though. I like the defensive uh, strategy. I like to. I like that part of the game, man. Sure. I, I felt like we got a good mix in this game. No, there there were things to be impressed by along the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there were three and outs because it was just like constant mistakes. Like yeah. the defenses were balling out. Yeah, their their linebackers were balling. Like as much as uh, the, the Rams the D sort of took over the game in the second quarter, but the you know the, the one story that kind of gets overlooked to a certain extent because the Bengals didn't win um, was the job that they did stopping the run. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I mean, every time Akers got the ball, it was like, it felt like every time he touched it, it was like a tackle for a loss. Yeah. Just about. Loss of a yard, loss of two yards. But kudos to Sean McVay for not completely abandoning running. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. But he didn't didn't show much uh, creativity, though, but he did uh, keep trying to run. Cause I didn't see. I don't think either team threw a screen. <laughs> I, I I think that yeah, it was like one or two in the whole game. I was like, which I think was kind of a big mistake, uh, especially I was for the Bengals. Like, yeah, I was considering what they had to deal with in this. And your your coach is an offensive coach. <clears throat> yeah, um, I thought this was interesting. With two minutes to go in the first quarter, the Bengals only had fifteen total yards. It was like, guys, damn, come on. Uh, that was pretty much when Joe Mixon started to show up. He had a nice 13-yard yeah. run uh, before an absolutely insane one-handed catch. 46-yard wow. one-handed grab by yeah. Jamar Chase. That, and he did it the hard way. Like, did you see the route that he ran? Because he ran, he ran at Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then instead of like trying to like do a little like stop and go or a stutter step or, yeah, he you know, he went like he took the like long fade, road, he went fade, all yeah. the way around him on the outside, yeah. and still wound up beating him. And put I don't like yeah. it was such a sick catch, unreal. Yeah, um, that got the Bengals to the eleven yard line. Um, but again, here we go. The play calling in the red zone yeah. uh, was just it wasn't good enough. 
uh, they had to settle for a field goal. They had three straight pass plays from the 11-yard line, yeah. all of which were incomplete. Um, this has actually been a problem for them all year. I looked this up because I, I remember hearing somebody say that they didn't have a very good red zone percentage, and I looked it up, and on the year, yeah, they were right. It was 54% in the Damn. red zone. They're, for touchdowns, right? Or Yeah, okay. 23rd in the league. Damn. Just above and my Atlanta Falcons. It. This is when That's you not need where it, you want to be. You want to be anywhere. <laughs> I, just a little tip. <laughs> when it comes to any kind of statistic that I could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. you don't want to be anywhere near the Falcons no. right now. Okay. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> you need a, a three-team buffer at least. I think there was one thing that we're good at. I can't remember what it was. I forget. It doesn't matter. Getting sacked at the 35 yard. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. getting sacked out of field goal range. <laughs> uh, not being able to score maximum points, which, you know, to be fair, this was not the only game. This was a problem for the Bengals. Uh, this started to become a real problem. Um, the Rams came out and put together a six play, 75 yard drive. Stafford hit OBJ for 35 yards, mm. hit Henderson. Uh, yeah, he who, was going at Which was very interesting because he started to play an even more important role later when OBJ went out because, you know, Henderson's a running back, but but they just started using him as an, as an extra did, yeah. wide receiver, yeah. which I thought was pretty smart. He caught a 25-yard catch on this drive. Uh, and then, of course, you knew it was coming at some point. Stafford finds Cooper Cup wide yeah. open in the back of the end zone. And he was like double covered, too, and he just bro- broke that dude yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I thought it was funny how they missed the extra point afterwards. Oh. Did you see that? Uh, where the punter, <laughs> who's also the placeholder, Johnny Hecker, uh, yeah, he just fumbled the hold. Uh, and then he was like, well, shit, I guess I got to get up and throw this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he threw an interception. Which, you know, whatever. It was 13 to 3. Uh, the Bengals finally um, woke up after that, put together a 12 play, 75 yard drive that ended. Yeah. With one of the most creative touchdowns of the day, uh, which I thought, you know, this was the moment where I was like, hey, Zach Taylor's adjusting. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I'm coming down on him a little too hard, yeah, too yeah. early. Like, this is pretty dope. The little, you know, Burrow pitches it to Mixon. He rolls out, looks like he's going to run, lobs what is, I'm told, his first ever NFL yeah. pass attempt, yeah. which had a nice tight spiral on yeah. it, uh, right into the hands of T. Higgins. Uh, to make the game thirteen to ten, I mean, this was a really, really great play call. Um, you know, in a moment where the Bengals are having difficulty doing things the traditional way, uh, you know, Zach reaches into his his bag and pulls out a nice little trick. I was like, okay, okay, Zach Taylor, I see you. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, I like that. that what else good. you got? <laughs> Unfortunately, that was the most clever thing he did all day. Uh, it was after this that the Rams lost OBJ to the knee injury man, on the next I drive. I so bad for him, man. Um, this, I think, was an underrated turning point in yeah. the game. Because they, I think they were about to pull away. I think so, too. I started worrying about our bet of mm-hmm. the, the Bengals covering, mm-hmm. but uh, they did cover. Which we hit. Yeah, we hit that. Um <laughs> Yeah, but this. But once he, yeah, I think that changed. This was a so big much, deal because yeah. this kind of looked like it was going to be OBJ's night. Yep. It wasn't just the touchdown catch; like he had, he had a few other like, yeah. just key first down catches, and he was, he looked, he's he, ready. He looked up for this game. Yeah, he looked good to go. 
but then after this, you started to really see how the Bengals were just absolutely killing the run game. Cam Akers was going absolutely nowhere. The, the Bengals just focused on Cooper Cup. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Which is smart. And then it resulted in Stafford uh, making his first mistake of the day, going yeah. full hero ball on third and long. Looking for Van Jefferson in the end Jefferson zone. Jefferson could have got uh, he could have got up there and like tried to get the ball. He points, Stafford points, telling him go deep, mm. and he sees it and he adjusts. Yeah, but he underthrew him. He did underthrow him a bit, but Jefferson didn't even go after the ball. True. The 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 cornerback made a better attempt at the ball to him. Not to say that it was. I'd have to see it. I'm again, not trying to excuse Stafford. I, I think but he definitely fight for it, man. Yeah. Sure. It's the Super Bowl, man. Put your body out there. Go and knock it out or something of his hands. It doesn't matter. That was it's one of the things the I used to always admire so much about Julio. Um, he, when he was playing with Matthew Stafford, if if that was Julio, he would he would make that decision. I think you have to make the split second decision. I'm probably not going to catch this football. Julio, you mean Matt Ryan? Yeah, that's what okay. I meant. You said Stafford. I was like, I when? meant to say I thought, Matt I was, Ryan. I was like, did he? Did yeah, go to Georgia? I misspoke. <laughs> Uh, Julio would make these split second decisions when, when Matt Ryan would, would underthrow him and he was, he would go, you could see it in his head. He would go, I'm not catching this ball, but, but neither is he. Yeah, exactly. And so he would suddenly turn into a cornerback yeah. and just be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that's what Jefferson that. needed, man. And that, that it, it, at the very least Jefferson could have done that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, however, the Bengals shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> They had to start on their own 10-yard line because some knucklehead <laughs> who wasn't suited up for the game decided to run onto the field and celebrate the interception with his teammates. And look, here's the thing. I understand it's only a 10-yard difference, but I happen to think that starting on your own 10-yard line is a lot different yes. from starting on your 20. Yeah. The closer your back is to your own goal line, look, it changes the way you play yeah, call. It, it shrinks your playbook. Uh the fear of the consequences, you know, if you turn it over, it, t- it makes the coaches go conservative. It changes the defensive strategy. Yeah, right? that was a huge penalty. That was a dumb fucking penalty. Um, and, yeah, and, of course, it changed the defensive strategy, which led to our first uh, sighting of my man, former Bulldog, <laughs> Leonard Floyd, blowing up that drive with a sack. <laughs> That's right. Bulldogs represent. Uh, yeah, it was a dumb, unnecessary penalty uh, that I think cost them. Um, yeah, at least I don't know. You can't say it cost them points, but whatever. It was stupid. Uh, the Rams went three and out, which got us to halftime, and the moment that we were all waiting for yeah. the TikTok don't, tailgate don't, show don't, don't. featuring the chain smokers, <laughs> who were absolutely fire. What do you think of the TikTok tailgate tailgate show? The TikTok tailgate show is that what it says? <laughs> No, it was funny because like the the thing that they immediately cut, like I was like, okay, cool, Super Bowl halftime show, let's do this. Yeah. And then as soon as halftime hit, they they were like, okay, so before we get to the Super Bowl halftime show, we got the TikTok tailgate show featuring the chain smokers. I was like, what? What Who the fuck? What is this? I didn't know. What about, is this? I don't remember that. What the hell is this? <laughs> and who are the chain smokers? <laughs> I was like, this is not... Uh, yeah, everything's an advertisement, man. It, yeah, it was weird. Super Bowl halftime show, what did you think? What were your thoughts? It was fantastic. You liked it? It's the top five. Really? Top five Super Bowl halftime okay. shows. You you disagree? I had two problems with it. Uh-oh. The artists were not my problem. 
Okay. But I loved like I grew I up on the stage. The stage. I was grew up great. on the music. I think the set list was great. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that the stage itself was kind of, in my opinion, not optimal. Right. I like. Um, so here's the thing: the Super Bowl halftime show has become largely. Um, it, it really over the last couple of years has become more for the audience at home. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the fact that the stage was so linear and also directed towards one side of this stadium mm-hmm. to me, I thought I, oh, this was not a concert. It, it feels like the previous halftime shows where the stage is either round or mm-hmm. square, where you're in this situation where it's basically what they call in the theater business, they call it theater of the round, <laughs> right? Where you have to entertain all four sides of the audience. I did a play. I've only done this once, actually. I did a play at a theater in the round, and it was one of the coolest experiences I ever had, actually, because it was quite liberating as a as a performer to to realize like mm-hmm. you need to think about everybody, yeah. everyone, Every angle, yeah. which to me as an actor is far more realistic in some sense because that's how I see myself when I'm moving around in the world as well mm-hmm. um okay the, well, anyway so there was snob. that and way the, to be a snob the stuff. other problem that i had with it was nobody else's fault um because it had to do with the time of day i think the show would oh, have looked so much cooler great point and, and so dome, much more dramatic if it was a dome had it been had we had the benefit of darkness yeah, i agree right so because you would have the lights and the explosions and the fireworks and the yeah. like i just it felt something about it felt yeah, it just felt like it was lacking that... Like a brunch concert. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> a brunch show, It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you know, jazz, tiny desk. jazz brunch. Yeah, like a Tiny Desk episode. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it really takes something away from Good it. Good point. Aside from that... The, of course, the music was fantastic. Absolutely. And I don't... Seeing Mary J. Blige doing her little dance is always yeah. great. And uh, 50 Cent popping out, I didn't know he was going to be there. That was fun with him doing a reenactment of uh, mm. back when... Uh, like dropping down like mm. that, and then I, I love the whole thing, man. Kendrick Lamar, that was cool with the guys stepping around. I actually thought that was my favorite part. Was the yeah. ca- and and I'm coming into this. My kids were making fun of me during the day on Sunday because I was like, I don't think I've ever actually heard a Kendrick Lamar song. Oh my god, ever. Oh my god. And and Saga played Dude. one for me, and I was like, she was like, you've heard this song, of course. And I'm like, was it humble? No. Never oh, you don't know it. what song it was. I, I mean, yeah, it was that. Okay, but I had never heard this song before. I, I don't know something. I've you should. I miss. I've heard about Kendrick Lamar. On your way home, I know all the stories about how I, he got a Pulitzer Prize and all this stuff. Like I, I get it. Like I know the whole thing that he's supposed to be this great lyricist and yes. and all these things. And so, but he also I makes, haven't missed the whole cultural reference of Kendrick right. Lamar. I've just completely missed you his you music. Missed the music. Do, uh, this is great. You get to experience Kendrick Lamar, man. I know. I'm going to I'm going to do a little uh off-season deep dive on Kendrick Lamar. His uh his his album, he makes concept albums where they're like a story. <laughs> yeah, I love where that. you need every uh, no, Some I'm, of my favorite albums are like that. Exactly. You need the Good Kid Mad City is a masterpiece. That's what I hear. Dude, I'm so glad. I'm jealous of you that you get to listen to cuz oh mm. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that was great. Uh, everything I, I love the halftime show. I'm not sure I would put it in my top five, but but what's your top five halftime shows? I normally think the halftime shows are whack. Like the last really good one was J Lo and Shakira. That was mm-hmm. a really good one. Uh, the uh, of course the Beyonce one is uh, a lot of people like that one. 
I like, I like the, the one. The best to me is Prince. I actually kind of like the one where, because, you know, Beyonce and, and Bruno Mars have done more than one mm-hmm. appearance at the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, my favorite was how those two managed to completely upstage Coldplay. <laughs> like, it was the year that Coldplay was the headliner, yeah. and Bruno Mars and Beyonce came out and just took that shit over. Yeah, uh, and it was like, Cold I'm sorry, Cold, Cold who? Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you even doing here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Prince, somewhere else. <laughs> Prince, obviously, was like... Prince unreal. was the best, in my opinion. Uh, U2, I don't know if that was the best, but it was certainly the most emotional, because it was right after 9-11. Okay, uh, I don't remember it, man. It was right after 9-11, uh yeah cuz that was obviously September and then it was the the that the Super Bowl that year was just such an insanely emotional experience and and you two mm, yeah. uh have a lot of these kind of emotional yeah. kind of songs and they put up a screen and they ran all the names of the people who died on 9/11 oh, wow. on the screen and it was just like I mean it was still so raw like yeah. it was such an open wound at that at that moment yeah. uh and they just nailed it. Yeah. Um, uh, Janet and uh, and Justin Timberlake. That was a really good performance. It was, and I didn't have an issue with seeing her nipple. That was. Well, we didn't see her nipple. Right. That's true because she had tape on she, it. Yeah, she had a pasty right. on. It's I like, actually felt a little let down. I was. Yeah. Like, I thought uh, I was gonna. I mean, I it. saw the breasts, but I missed the nipple, and that's like <laughs> that's sort of like when you look at the Victoria's Secret uh, catalog in America, how they airbrush out the nipples, you know. I didn't know that. They got the girl, and she's wearing the see-through bra, and but she has no nipples. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they airbrush so you really shit didn't out. see it. So it's like when you're a kid, you're like, huh, girls don't have nipples. That's weird. <laughs> and then you get a hold of your brother's porn bag. You go, oh, yeah, oh, the nipples. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, all right. Somebody's lying to me. <laughs> One of y'all lying. <laughs> Somebody lying. <laughs> Take your shirt off. Right now. <laughs> we'll settle this once and for all. Get to the bottom of this. Either they drew it on or they drew it off. We're going to have to test these out. Make sure they're real. <laughs> all right. See, so. now, now I'm just being a bad person. <laughs> uh, okay. I, yeah, I, I hate to, whatever. It was a good halftime show. I'm with you. I think Prince is, is definitely yeah. probably my number one. Purple Rain in the rain. Fuck you. If you can't yeah. get on board with that, yeah, it's, it's like, like I don't think I can't even talk to you. Um, yeah. So uh, I thought the halftime uh, stats are always a little fascinating to think about, you know, because, you know, we always say that these games oftentimes are a tale of two halves. Um, this one was maybe less so, but still kind of interesting. Stafford was 12 for 18, 165 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, Akers had seven carries for 10 <laughs> yards at the half. How crazy is that? Uh, and I don't think he had a whole lot. I think the Rams only had 40-something yards yeah, at the end of the game. On like 20-something carries. Oh, it's crazy. Like that, yeah. OBJ had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup only had three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. So they were doing a number on him. Burrow was 12 for 18, 114 yards. No touchdowns, though. Uh, Mixon was because Burrow was kind of throwing underneath a lot. Yeah, well, and also because Mixon threw the touchdown. Mixon was seven, yeah. seven carries for forty yards. Uh, we'll get into this later, but I think he was criminally underused in this game. I agree. Uh, Jamar Chase only had three catches for six, sixty-two yards. Most of them came from that one-handed catch. T. Mm-hmm. Higgins had three for twenty-five. Boyd had three for twenty-three. 
Um, yeah. So you kind of felt like it was time for the Bengals offense to kind of uh, kick it into a higher gear. I was, I felt like the Rams, um, at the half, I was like, you know, the Bengals are going to adjust their defense and kind of like strangle you a little bit Mm -hmm. because that's, that's their thing. Mm. So I was like the Rams, man, people who are rooting for the Rams should be a little concerned because it's going to be tough sledding. And yeah. then it turned out that way, but it feels like they kind of figured it out later. Yeah, I mean, like you suggested earlier, the game was absolutely there for the taking, despite yeah. the fact that um, that the Rams were up thirteen to three mm. at this point. Um, was that the score to have? I thought. He or no, sorry, 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 thirteen to ten yeah. because of the mix and touchdown. Right. Uh, yeah, it, but it really felt like the game was there for the taking, and especially after what we witnessed. Uh, the Bengals do in the second half to the Chiefs. It was like, yep. what's going to happen when they come out of the locker room? Um, well, we didn't have to wait that long to find out because on the first play of the second half, uh, Joe Burrow <laughs> says, okay, fine. If we have problems scoring in the red zone, how about I just throw a 75-yard touchdown pass to T. Higgins on the first play of the second half? And T. Higgins was like, how about I interfere and not get called for How it? about I yank <laughs> on Jalen Ramsey's face mask as I'm They're going by? Pause. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. Uh, a little surprised they didn't throw a flag. What the um, hell? And Boy, and they touched And I also saw that they even the ref who you know they do these post game things where they get one ref to come out and talk mm-hmm. for a limited time to the press, <laughs> and they only let like a, a handful of press people come in to talk to him. Um, he still defended the call. He was like, "Why? It didn't, didn't raise." Yes, we saw that he touched his face mask, but it, we, it didn't raise to the level of a penalty. And it was like, "Bro, strange." I thought that was a clear penalty. Yes, uh, this would be. So they were letting a lot of things go all night. This was not the only one. There was an earlier play in the first half that probably would have been a touchdown pass to T. Higgins, where Jalen Ramsey was clearly pulling on his oh, jersey. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't call that either. Yeah. So it was starting to become one of those situations where you felt like, okay, you know what? They're, They're going to let them play. play. They let that one go. They let yeah, this one go. Play. So you, you're, you're doing this, this exercise of trying to sort of... But the face mask, like, that's a different... That's a penalty as well. Yes. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. yeah. This is a, <laughs> and a pretty obvious one yeah. when you saw the replay. It's the, it's the face mask being grabbed and it's, uh, it's interference. So it's like, this is one you call. I thought so too. I, I was like, and it resulted in a touchdown. Right. I was like, come on, man. Whatever. It happened. And Ramsey, he just kind of was like, yeah. yo, where's my penalty? And I, then, yeah. And I then, can't disagree with Rams fans on that one it, it, or yeah. anybody, really. I, it, it, it made the score 17 to 3. Yeah. Uh, 17 to 13. 17 to 13. Damn, God. Skiff. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Maybe like... I'm tireder. T- tireder? That's <laughs> not a word. You. <laughs> That's not a word. Tireder is not a word. I am more tired than I thought I would be. Um, yeah. But yes, as we said, this was the moment that the refs would start to become kind of a part of the storyline in the game or, or yeah. when you first started to notice it um, yeah. because, you know, they, they looked like they were never going to throw a flag. Yeah. Uh, at, at halftime, I think I even asked these. I was like, have there been any penalties in this game? And I think there was one, like a false start or delay of game or something. But other than that, there was nothing. Um, and considering like how many, can you imagine like, cause I haven't seen, I haven't watched the tape. 
Uh, <laughs> but can you imagine how many holding calls didn't get called? I mean, if this is there the, was a huge holding call later. But I mean, on the line. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that yeah. came later. But I'm saying, like, throughout the game, can you imagine how many holding calls yeah. they just said, "Yeah, yeah. No, fuck that." Yeah, that's true. Um, I saw um, Donald getting held, but he made the tackle. Like, it was yeah, a exactly. It was like, He's a beast. This dude was fucking amazing. So the Bengals' first play results in a touchdown. Uh, the Rams' first play of the second half. Uh, Stafford throws one off the hands of this dude who was filling in for OBJ, Skoronic. Yeah. Uh, off his hands, into the air, picked off by Awuzie. Uh, not that that was Stafford's fault. It wasn't. It wasn't Stafford's fault, but I kind of got this weird feeling that suddenly, like, you know, because he threw that hero ball interception, yeah. and now this... And now you're clutching, the get, and, and, yeah. and the Bengals score on the first play. You started to get this weird feel, like, oh my god, oh, what if shit, Detroit yeah. Matthew Stafford is getting ready to show up? Like yeah. this could get, yeah. this could go from bad to worse. Real I had quick. the same feeling, man. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, on the interception, the Bengals again failed to maximize their points. Uh, thanks in large part to Aaron Donald, who had two sacks on the drive after the interception. Yeah, uh, to force a field goal uh, that put the Bengals up. 20 to 13. Um, this was what we didn't know at the time was the beginning of the Rams defense essentially taking over this you, game. You know what I think changed when it changed? Tell me. One of those sacks is like, it wasn't like behind the line of scrimmage. It wasn't like in the pocket. Mm. One of those sacks is Burrow trying to scramble, but Donald yeah. cuts him off. Yes. And Donald is like, fuck you, and shoves him. And and he's so strong, Burrow just kind of goes, like, Burrow didn't flop or anything. He mm. just goes, like, straight down. It was mm. like, no, motherfucker, I'm not letting you get out of bounds. And he shoves him, and then it, like, calls, like, the Bengals players are like, what the fuck? And this is where I thought they should have gotten a penalty as well because some people swung, like, hit him in yeah. the head. Like, somebody swung and, like, mushed him or whatever. They didn't call or whatever. As you said, they're letting things go. But I felt like that's when the defense, like, followed his lead. Yeah. Just like last game, when he goes and has that speech and riles everybody up, it did feel like a turning point. It was I thought it was that a totally was it. legal play. Yeah. Joe Burrow was in bounds. Yeah, uh, but it was like it was like a, the extra physicality. But it was like a, you know Lamar, how they say was, that yeah. like some it, it, you say this in a lot of different sports how how there are certain players who lead by example. Yeah, like they don't necessarily need to open their mouth. He's the one, yeah. And and I think you, I agree with you. On that play was a great example of Aaron Donald leading by example, saying, yeah. "Hey, this is what we're going to do in the second half." And then he didn't. And then he didn't get involved. Like people started, they, they had like a little shoving matches or whatever. Yeah. And he kept his cool, and just took over. Yep. He took over the second half of that game, and that's when when Absolutely. he did that, I was like, "Ooh, ooh," you know, I like shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rams field goal made it twenty to sixteen after a failed Philly special, which I am actually what a Hooper. Come on, this would have well. Here's as much as it would have been great for him to have pulled that off. I actually, if you this one, I did go back and watch. I think they're lucky that he overthrew Stafford. Oh yeah, Stafford's about to get lit up because he that was about to was get. Coming. And can you imagine or safety, whatever it was? Yeah, he would have gotten murdered yeah. had he caught that ball. Yeah, he was right there, and he was coming. And for And that him. dude was coming full speed. Oh yeah, Stafford. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, they right. could have knocked Stafford out of the game if he, if it, had he caught that ball. I mean, had he caught it and got hit, 
I mean, that could have been yeah. lights out for him. Yeah, that's um, true. Anyway, so I'm kind of glad he didn't catch that. Uh, this is the <laughs> moment that the game sort of fell off a cliff. This is where we had seven straight possessions between the Rams and the Bengals ending in punts. Uh, for the Bengals, it was thanks to their run D for the Rams. Um, you know, it, it, they were just living in the backfield. Yeah. They only had one sack in the first half. Their linebackers were flying around, man. But in the second half, they had six. Six times they got to Burrow and sacked him. And that's not even counting all of the pressures and the QB hits. Yes, they were getting they were, yeah, they were getting back there. Uh, Von Miller was doing his thing, too. Yep, they had a block pass. Um, th- there was the one where Joe Burrow got his knee twisted up. In a v- that was his ankle, right? No, it, no, was, it was his, his knee. knee. Yeah, yeah, Because um, Stafford got the ankle twisted up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, oof, yeah. And you knew Burrow, man, he... I mean, he didn't have to. Of course, he didn't have to prove anything to me. Mm. But he elevated in my eyes in that game. Like, I agree. This is a tough dude who was game. He was game, and the reports were that he refused medical attention when he came to the sidelines. He was like, "I'm not coming out of this game." So, yeah, don't waste your time. You can either look at it with me sitting here on the bench, but I'm not going into the fucking tent. So, um, and Stafford too. They taped him up tight. Yeah. These guys were warriors, man. I get chills right now. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> These two uh, luckily, but I think a, a little too late on the next drive for the Bengals, they got Mixon going. Uh, Which was smart. This was smart. Yeah. Not putting, like, get Burrow to get back comfortable after the, uh, the, the injury. And they kind of just, like, just run, 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 and punt, basically. I just think he... If, Mixon finishes the game with 15 carries and seven, 72 yards, wow. averaging five yards per carry. Um, you know, I just think that there were some key moments in the game where they yeah. handed the ball to the wrong guy. Yeah. And it, we'll get to it in a minute, but I always think it's kind of in games like this, especially in the playoffs and obviously in the Super Bowl, at some point as a coach, you need to sort of ask yourself, like, who is my best player. Yep. Who is who is the best guy right now in this game? Who's the guy and and the Rams did that and the Bengals did not. Yeah. Right? Because when mixing. when yeah. push came to yeah. shove, you know, McVay we'll get to it in a minute, but on that last drive it was like I'm just going to throw it to Cooper Cup like 500 times until we <laughs> get where we need to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz he is our best player. Yeah. Period. He's the best player we have available. Right now, on offense, get him the ball. San Francisco does the same thing. The only reason San Francisco made it as far as they did is because they were like, Debo, Debo Samuel's our best player. I don't give a fuck how we get him the ball. You throw it to him, hand it to him, pitch it to him, you know, fucking... Return wh- kick. How, return kick. However you want to yeah. do it, get him the goddamn ball yeah. as much as possible. Uh, Rams did that. Bengals didn't. Rams get the ball back, 6.13 to go. Uh, and they go on this 15-play, 79-yard drive, which winds up being the game-winning drive. Um, you know, the, the only thing that I have a problem with on this drive is this was really the moment where the referees started to play a starring role in mm. how this Hollywood ending was going to play out, mm. right? Um but Cooper Cup, I feel like he deserves all the a lot of credit because even before we get to that moment, you know, besides the gutsy fourth and one that he you know picked up with that smart play, that was a very really, very really smart, smart play, yeah. uh, it, which was also very Debo Samuel esque. Yeah, and the, the, just the play call itself was yeah, very like give him the ball. Yeah, um, very Shanahanish. 
But um, most of the drama occurred in the red zone, coming out of the two-minute warning. Um, Rams had the ball on the Bengals' eight-yard line. Okay. Stafford overthrew a wide open Van Jefferson in the end yeah. zone. Like that would have been. Yeah, that was it. I was like, how did he miss? Inc- follows it up with an incomplete pass to Henderson. So it's third and goal on the eight yard line. And this is when we get the first penalty flag. Bengals linebacker Logan, Logan Wilson appears to have broken up the pass to Cooper Cup, but the flags come out. Yeah, it didn't look like he turned his body at all. On, his, his hand was on him, but that was it. In my opinion, there, there were three more flags to come after this. But this is the one, this one was the one that was so not a penalty, in my opinion. Because also, if you watch this one again, you see Cup runs his route. He essentially runs into Logan Wilson, and that's when he breaks off and turns on his route. And Wilson is essentially, like, he he absorbs the push Mm -hmm. from Cup, and then he adjusts, moving his hand forward, and his hand almost feels like it's clenched in a fist on Cup's hip, but he's not holding him. Okay. And then he reaches out with his left hand to block the ball away. I thought this was a terrible, terrible penalty. Yeah, I thought um, so too. And it's a real shame because I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I look, we, you can go back through these and rehash this stuff all you want. There were numerous times in this game where you could say, that the Bengals had a chance to win. So I'm not saying that yeah. they won because of... Right, right, right. Because I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? And and Stafford throws the ball a little behind Cup, too. You know what I mean? But it was a great it was a great defensive play that shouldn't have been. And it's also, like, just not a good look for the NFL when you have a game that, like, where the script just seems to change all of a sudden. Yeah. Right? You have a game where, where the way, refs yeah. have clearly decided to let everything go. Yeah. And in then the final two minutes of the game... You essentially help to generate the ultimate outcome. Kind of, but not on purpose. I'm not sitting here saying it's rigged. But you got to remember, also one of those flags was on the Rams. No, but that that was that that was after. I'm saying that this one. No, no, yeah, this this one's the most pivotal. Yeah, because if you get down to fourth and eight, to fourth and goal from the eight. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, well, what do you do now? Yeah. I mean, they had they would go for it, obviously. and it eats the clock definitely as well. And what it resulted in, because then what happened was after this, the Rams, um, as you're suggesting, they got chance after chance to close it out thanks to two straight penalties uh, against the Bengals, um, plus the the offsetting, offsetting. penalty. Yeah. I think they got seven cracks at scoring a touchdown yeah. in this sequence. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this, the, the two penalties that came after the Logan Wilson penalty on the Bengals, I think were totally legit. Yeah. Those, that was one a, was head hunting. One was a head hunting. He popped him in the head. That's legit. The other one but that's was the one clear that was pass offset. interference. Exactly. And that one was offset with a holding, yeah. which was the first holding call yeah. of the game yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. And it was like, what is that? Like, it was just a weird final sequence yeah. of the game where you're like, okay, we've gone the whole game with you not calling a face mask, not calling people tugging on jerseys, yeah. not calling probably what was about 10 or 15 different holding calls on the, yeah. on the line. And all of a sudden, it's like, you can't keep your flag. And you're, they're, just, yeah. they're just all over the place and it's That's like true. it just felt like a weird way and and if you are one of these people who thinks that the nfl has their kind of thumb on this thing if, if you're so inclined yeah. to think that the nfl wanted the rams to win because that's a better narrative for them 
right? NFL media, the headquarters is right there in LA. Mm. You want this Hollywood ending. All the celebrities are there. Like if you are someone who is inclined to think like that, it's like, how am I supposed to argue with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a difficult thing to argue against. Yeah. Um, anyway, they got seven chances to get it in the end zone. And eventually they did uh, with a beautiful back shoulder throw to who would wind up being the Super Bowl MVP, Cooper yeah. Cup. Cooper Cup. Uh, Eli Apple never turned around on the play. Uh, yeah, it, oh, but Cooper, man. Eli Apple had a fairly decent game, but honestly, I think in the end, it, the was, end, yeah, it cup, was one man. of those like strength versus weakness. Yeah. A perfect throw from yeah. my man, former Bulldog, perfect Matthew route. Stafford, of course. Perfect route. <laughs> um, and, you know, they threw it against what most people believe is one of the Bengals' biggest liabilities in the secondary, Eli Apple. Um, and what you get is essentially the game-winning touchdown. The game's 23-20. to 20. But... We still had a little time left on the clock, right? We had a minute 25, uh, and you know Burrow can make some shit happen, assuming his O-line can keep him up, right? Uh, they have one of the best field goal kickers in the league. Yeah. All they needed was a couple of chunk plays to send this one into overtime, yeah. and they got the first one, right? Yeah. Great pass to Jamar Chase, who, who made something happen. 17-yard pop. Uh, another nice one to Boyd across the middle. Um, but that was basically when Aaron Donald said, yeah. all right, fuck this. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not going to happen. Uh, again, for the third like, time, exactly. For the third time in this game, only needing a single yard yeah. to get a first down, the Bengals come up short. A second and one incomplete pass to Chase. P. Ryan gets the rock for no gain on third. And, and that was crazy. The way he Aaron Donald wraps his arms around him and he just, just like stop moving, pulling him back. <laughs> and the number of times on third and one, uh. Zach Taylor said, I'm giving the ball to P. Ryan. When you got Mixon who gets five yards per carry, it's like, what are you doing? He, like, I get point. that he's your, your bowling ball, short yardage, yeah, you but, know, but understand the game. But like yeah, the flow of the game. Read the moment, yeah. bro, because it's like you failed twice. Why not on the, the third guy. time try the other guy? Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, and, you know, then, of course, on fourth and one, ball game on the line. And just like he did against the 49ers, Aaron Donald explodes through the line, despite the fact that he's probably getting quadruple teamed. That was crazy. Right. Wraps his arms around Joe Burrow, who throws the ball up in desperation. Um, and as he's headed, to, you know, he's headed to the ground. He tosses it up, just like Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy G did. It was almost an identical play. The only the difference Kyler was, Murray. yeah, Kyler Murray, uh, Stafford, Stafford, almost identical. Uh, the only difference is that it goes incomplete instead yeah. of an interception, and that's the ball game. Rams win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it man. was like such. I thought, a, I thought Donald might get MVP. I think he. Sh I personally think he probably should have. Because he, he somehow he does all the shit. And he's still underrated. Like changing the pocket. Like he's fucking up the pocket the whole game. Yeah. Even if he doesn't make the sack. Yeah. It's like the the stats aren't there, but he. Yeah, he took he took over at one point. My my big takeaway from the game, honestly, on both sides, it, I think Zach Taylor got in over his head. Uh, in this game. As a coach, uh, I, 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 and the Bengals' greatest weakness also finally started to matter, which was their offensive line. Yeah. Right? Um, listen, I, I heard this yesterday when I was listening to something. This is crazy. Listen to this. In four playoff games mm -hmm. this year, 
Oh, yeah. Joe I Burrow was sacked 19 times. That's insane, man. 19 times. Normally you don't get to the playoffs if it's... And we we were talking about it during the day before the before the big game, and it's like you're not supposed... When you get sacked, he got sacked nine times against Tennessee? Wasn't that yeah, right? Yeah. You're not supposed to win right. that football game. Yeah. But, and they were in position to win this one. And they were in position to win this one too, which is kind of crazy. Like if you yeah. think about it, if they can fix that O-line problem, if that guy, if you can allow Joe Burrow to stand in the pocket... As long as someone like Tom, you know, think about how long mm. Tom Brady gets to stand in the pocket yeah. when he was playing with the Bucks. Yeah, he's standing there for like ten minutes. Yeah, just waiting for dudes to get open. It, Joe Burrow is going to be an absolute nightmare if you fix that offensive line. They're not. Uh, it's, it's weird to say if how many pieces uh, somebody's away when they're in the Super Bowl, mm. but they can be. They can be a, a really really good team. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, they're not even at their peak right now. No. So, the AFC North's on, on notice, but on this the, is, it's nothing's promised, man. Uh, absolutely. NFL, not for long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the other side, long. like, I agree with you with the Aaron Donald point, but it, that I think he probably should have won MVP. But I also have to say, uh, Cooper Cup, yeah. that final drive, at this point in the game, before that final drive, he in the second half he only had one catch, and now the defense is even more focused on him. Absolutely, because Mc, but Beck, on that Beckham is gone. On that final drive, the Rams decided, as I said, we're going to get the ball to our best player. Cooper Cup is obviously that guy. He had five first downs on the final drive. <laughs> he had the fourth and one where he ran for the first down. Yeah, the the unnecessary uh, unnecessary roughness call where. Yeah. They had to replay the down. But honestly, but he, if you think about it, if he hadn't have caught that ball, like if he had dropped that mm. and all the and and it hadn't resulted in a in a hit that was a penalty, all they would have had was, was the, the holding hold. call. Yeah, and it true. would have been what? First and goal or, or second and goal from the 14 yard line instead yeah, of the eight yard line. Like that point. would have been a huge play. Uh, but even before that, the the second and seven no, the eighteen yard line. Yeah, exactly. The second and seven catch across the middle. That no look pass on that second and seven. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah. When the, yeah. <laughs> Where I'm sorry, he but knew he was going to cup. You know, I'm going to talk about my man, former Bulldog Matthew Stafford, <laughs> throwing across the middle into zone coverage. If that pass is even off by an inch, there are three fucking Bengals there who could pick that thing off. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup was clutch. He, yes. he finishes the entire playoffs with 33 receptions, 478 yards, and six receiving touchdowns. Damn. This is from a dude who was picked 69th overall, a receiver out of Eastern Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even know what the fuck. How do you even? Like, he's a great story, yeah. this guy. Um, but yeah, I, I still think. I read somewhere this morning actually that the MVP voting is is maybe part of the issue. Like they want you to get your vote in before the game is actually like a few minutes before the game, like around the mm. two minute warning. They kind of expect there's only like 16 people who vote for MVP. Oh, really? And why would they not go to the end? What if you- it, it was an article I read this morning that was suggesting that they need to change the way they vote for the MVP because had they waited. And they had they seen how Aaron, you know, because honestly, like I said, it's not like Cooper Cup was having this like crazy awesome game until this final drive. Right. Right. Um, Mm. 
And I didn't know that. The way Aaron Donald decided this game in the end, I think, had you waited until the end of the game, you might say him. Yeah. You might have. You might have changed your mind. But whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm sure they're all just happy to get a fucking ring, basically. Yeah. Um. Who's your real MVP? My real MVP is well, I just said it. It's Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could say the Rams D writ large, but especially Aaron Donald. As much as I was rooting for the Bengals, I, I didn't really, you know, honestly, I, it could have gone either way for me. But I wanted yeah. the Bengals to win. Yeah. But I could not be more happy for a player who is, in my opinion, more deserving of a Super Bowl ring. Uh, the way this guy leads the defense. Um. They only have one sack in the first half. He gets them going with two sacks on one drive in the second half. Yeah. Uh, and then, which leads to Burrow getting sacked 11 times. Plus, you got the 11 QB hits. Um, the last one being the one that decided the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, with all due respect to Cooper Cup, I feel like Aaron Donald was the real MVP of the Super Bowl. You the real MVP. I concur, man. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna do a, a, a trash. Actually, can I? I would like to do an honorable mention for real MVP. <laughs> okay, all right. For uh, we don't Van, have a you you kind of MVP. <laughs> honor, honorable mention to Rams wideout Van Jefferson, whose wife went into labor oh, at SoFi yeah. Stadium during the game and was rushed to the hospital. When the game was over, Jefferson was told of the situation, ran into the locker room, hightailed it to the hospital in time to welcome their third child into Aww. the world. He could have gone out and partied with the boys, but he did the right thing, uh, and he... Yeah. Wait, I thought the right thing was going to... Oh, oh, I bet. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I brought this up to my wife, and, and I was like, isn't that cool? that it, Like, he could have gone out with the guy. She was like, uh, no, he couldn't. <laughs> she was like... Not an uh, option. No, that, uh, you're talking about this as if he had two... <laughs> equal choices here. Well, I pushed this no, baby out. He, you he had one good choice and one really bad one, and he did the only right thing that he possibly yeah. could have done. I was like, uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for bringing it up. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't have a trash? I mean, I don't want to. You got to the Super Bowl, man. Yes. I can't call you trash. You know who it's going to be. We have the same trash. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Do your trash. <laughs> I, I really think that head coach Zach Taylor and offensive coordinator Brian Callahan deserve our trash of the week. You are trash! Uh, they did not do enough to maximize Joe Mixon. No. Uh, I feel like their defense gave them so many chances to win this game. But the offense just they couldn't adjust. They couldn't take advantage of the gifts that were being handed to them. Um, which was kind of a surprise after that brilliant call we're mixing through the first touchdown yeah, that we yeah. talked about earlier. It was kind of like, you know, I, I I felt like as the game went on, Zach Taylor started to get a little tight. Mm-hmm. The crew uh, started to play a little too conservative, a little too basic, yep. I think. Um, they just, they, they couldn't adjust quickly enough. They didn't, th- I think they only threw one screen pass the entire game. That's what I was, Which is like precisely what you need to do when, when you're in the face of seven sacks. You know what I mean? Get the ball out of his hands in. And let like, the lineman just run downfield and make some blocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and considering how good uh, Jamar Chase is after the catch, like. Or Higgins. You know, or all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they or, or Mixon. Or Mixon. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I, I think that, you know, it kind of, it, it wasn't as bad of, of a result. And you're right. I think they deserve a lot of credit. They got here. They yeah. fought. They were in this game. They had a great chance to win it. Uh, but it it also kind of reminded me a little bit of Sean McVay. Like, first time Sean McVay was in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it suddenly looked like the moment was too big for mm. him. Look at you, Skiff. You know what I mean? Look at you. His, that was great. History. See how bring the circles? <laughs> Full circle. Bring them circles. And, and Sean McVay got his. He's back. Have you heard that he Shout talking- out to Marietta, Georgia. Let's go. <laughs> he's also from Marietta. Did you, uh, did you hear that he might retire? I've been hearing a lot. You know, can I say that? Can I say my my honorable mention for trash? Yeah, is uh, this time of this part? There is no off season in the NFL, right? But this moment after the Super Bowl, where ninety percent of the headlines are just full on speculation. Oh, okay. I thought he. Okay, I I, I'm not like where it, where journalists are just like. <laughs> Oh my God! There's no more games to cover. What am I gonna write? <laughs> how, do I, how do I get clicks? Oh my God! Sean McVay might retire. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers bought a house in Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Kyler Murray. Did, did you see his Instagram? All the Cardinal stuff is gone. What are we gonna do? Like, it, I hate. I hate it. I fucking hate this time of year. I hate it. Good point, man. I fucking hate it. Shit got learned. Uh, okay. I hate to do this, but. I learned that it's never too late for referees to ruin a football game. <laughs> and I'm going to say it again. You can go back and forth on this forever. You can weigh all the missed calls against uh, the ones that got called late. To be clear, again, I am not, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that the Super Bowl is rigged or, or that the Rams are not deserving or any of that stuff. All of those theories are out there. I'm not in on that. Uh, for me, this is a situation where the moment kind of like with Zach Taylor, it got a little too big for the refs. Yeah. I think they felt the pressure of all the non-calls that they had done. Yeah. Uh, they had a quota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fucking racist. <laughs> no, I meant quota like that. We have to throw five flags today. We haven't thrown any yet. Let's do them. Let's get them out now. Oh, I was thinking it was like, okay, uh, we, we got like a like a police ticket quota. <laughs> Let's go give tickets to black people. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they were letting everything go, obviously. Yeah. And then they overcompensated for it in the worst possible moment um, when they threw this flag against Logan Wilson. Um, I, I, again, I, I'm not going to say that that's what decided the game. Uh, there were a lot of things that decided this game. Yeah. Um, most of which were players and coaches and the decisions that were made and the mistakes that were made and all that kind of stuff. But I am going to say that I would put that particular flag in my top five plays that absolutely decided how the Super Bowl ended. Yeah. But if they do call the offensive pass interference, the game's not even close earlier. Agreed. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. And uh, if they call the, uh, somebody hitting, what's his name, Aaron Donald, then they're out of field goal range. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's 10 points. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I mean, it's... So, I mean, there's arguments either. Yeah. I, of course. They this is why you can't involved. re-litigate yeah. a football game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we had a good... We, we got us a good game. Because if this um, didn't happen, then the score yeah. would be that, and yeah, then that exactly. would take those points well, so away. Who knows? Maybe they do another deep play. Yeah, yeah exactly. My, uh, my shit got learned is that uh, maybe I'm wrong about building a team. Mm. This is two Super Bowl winners in a row. 
that built their team through free agency. Mm-hmm. That said, fuck the draft. Mm. Even though the Bucks did do a, a pretty good draft that year, but they used free agency and flipped their team around and got to the Super Bowl. And then the Rams said, fuck the draft even more by wiping out future picks and everybody. Look, they feel like it's a house of cards. Mm. Like at any time, just like the Bucks, it could collapse and then you're not back there. Uh, but they got a Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. I I, th- I agree with you. I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to weigh the 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 con- the future consequences, which you don't really know how they're going to play out. Yeah. If somebody can ever get so mad scientist enough to where they can figure out a way to avoid those kind of consequences, because I mean, let's face it, the draft is a gamble. Yeah. It always is, um, and it makes sense that. You know, you go out and you you pay or trade for some proven commodity because y- you've got actual NFL tape on these guys. Yeah. You know what who they are. You know how good they are. Yeah, and they've proved it, and they've been in the league for X amount of years. But, um, but in the draft, that's why they have rookie contracts. Mm, yeah. So you can you have more money and assets and stuff mm-hmm. because of that because you have rookies. And or for rookie contracts that they're on. That's why they try to get the teams good under the quarterback's rookie contract because that's just going to balloon. And if everybody on your team is on their second contract, the one that everybody talks about, the players talk about, mm. getting to that second contract because that's where the money's at, then you can't really have uh, backups <laughs> no. that are good unless yeah. you got a really good coach. And it looks like the Rams do. Which I do. think the Rams do. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do it. I mean, uh, he was all right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he had a masterful coaching. It wasn't a master class, no. Uh, But he outclassed Zach Taylor in this game. Which, you know, (laughs) maybe that's a low bar. You know what I mean? Maybe. Who knows? I actually have an honorable mention for Shit Got Learned because I don't want to end on a negative note. Like, because my Shit Got Learned was against the refs. Um, Mainly, and I kind of want to piggyback off of your, what you're saying right now, actually, a little bit. Because... This is the second year in a row that a veteran star quarterback from Team A has been traded to Team B mm-hmm. and has won the Super Bowl in year one oh. with Team B. Shit. Okay. I'm just saying that we have a lot of teams that need a quarterback, and we appear to have a lot of quarterbacks who are at the very least a little grumpy about where they are right now. Okay. Okay. Brady did it, and now Stafford's done it. Oh. Don't be surprised if we see it again very soon. <laughs> I like this. You got Bucks <laughs> uh-huh. are sitting there needing a quarterback. Okay. Broncos need a QB. Colts, they're talking about, there's reports about Carson Wentz is going to get shit-canned sometime in March. Of course. Which the Washington Commanders are looking for a quarterback. <laughs> uh, Tennessee Titans. Plug and play. You drop yeah. a good QB in there, and that yeah. that that team is good. Browns and Eagles are potentially looking for. I don't. I think the Eagles less so, but the Browns. I mean, they're sitting it like you were saying. Mm. This is the last year of Baker Mayfield's. He's he's one of, part of that QB class. Him and Lamar Jackson yeah. are sitting there going like, "Hey, where's where's my, where, where's my contract? Yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson, I think will get his. Yeah. I'm not convinced Baker Mayfield's going to get his. Nah. Uh, and on the other side with QBs, you got. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, don't forget about Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. 
Kyler Murray situation looks a little weird right now. I don't know how much stock to put into that. Uh, but you got a couple of, you know, Baker Mayfield, obviously. Like, if somebody decides to... You said star. Lower tier star. The wow. ones you named, uh, those are stars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Baker Don't Mayfield's Baker head might be yeah. in the stars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he sees he saw a UFO, him and his wife. Oh, my God. So maybe, maybe there's something... Uh, maybe if he could get beamed up to become a better quarterback. Like, hey, guys, can you guys... <laughs> Hey, uh, can you guys probe my anus to make me a better quarterback? Is that is that what that anus thing is for? Maybe you could um, twitch muscle twitch. Could you could you at the very least pull the stick out of my ass <laughs> so that I could be a better quarterback? Uh, with my luck, it would be Matt Ryan going to a new team and simultaneously proving how good he is and also how bad the Falcons are. Like he's going to win a Super Bowl when he gets traded to Pittsburgh or something. Yeah. Oh, that's another team, Pittsburgh, looking for a quarterback oh, yeah. too. So, I'm just saying, it's uh, Pittsburgh. Can they go from Roethlisberger to Watson? <laughs> How is that off brand? <laughs> really, honestly. Uh, the Rooney rule, huh? <laughs> How is that off brand? My rule is, I want to have a sexual offender. Yeah, <laughs> sexual at, offender who can win us a Super Bowl. Uh. But he's black, so we're not racist. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm, but yeah, I just find this, you know, we talk a lot about how the NFL is, to a certain degree, a copycat league. Mm-hmm. I think that you're right. I think that you're going to see more teams taking a crack at how um, how the Rams were built. But I also it's think... Dangerous. That, dangerous th- for a GM. I, I agree. I agree. It's a good way to get fired. Yeah. Um, and and oof, that you could set your team up bad, I think. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong, man. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I think the key to the Rams, you know, we can sit here and say that that you know Sean McVay certainly didn't put on a masterclass in coaching, but I think based on what I have read about Sean McVay, I think his greatest skill set, besides his football knowledge, is getting players to buy in to what he's trying to do. Yeah. Right. So. I think it takes a special kind of coach to bring in that many so-called superstars mm-hmm. and get them all to buy into the plan. Yeah. And, you know, think about how the story about the narrative that surrounded OBJ, like how differently people are thinking about him at the moment. Yeah. Right. He yep. was the whiny little bitch who didn't get the ball enough in Cleveland and he forced his way out. And, and then he became like the heart of the first half, the team for the first half of the game of the Super Bowl. Exactly. And I thought it was kind of cool. I saw an article yesterday where a lot of the Browns players were were tweeting not only congratulations to OBJ, but also kind of in some ways sort of defending him. Like you guys don't even know mm-hmm. like how great this guy is, like as a person, like how he's all in. He's not the person that you think he is. And these are his former teammates. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like. And it kind of comes back to this conversation that we've been having a little bit lately, this idea of like, you know, is this person actually difficult or is it difficult to manipulate this guy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's out there advocating for himself. This is a different era in the NFL. You know, there's I personally do not put any player at fault for, you know, being what I guess some would characterize as somewhat self-centered about their career. You, You really cannot guarantee no. How many years you have in the NFL. And as long as you're here, if you can figure out a way to hustle for you, go do it. 
Go get that bag. Go get that ring. That's exactly what OBJ just did. Yeah. And even if this injury that he got in the game leads to him never playing again, it's like he's still going to go down as a legend. So. Damn. Dropping it hot over here. Yeah, you're dropping it hot, man. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Super Bowl, you know what I mean? It's like, I got to bring my Super Bowl A game. (laughs) Man, we're going to step into what promises to be a messy-ass offseason. I know you're excited. I mean, I expect probably by, you know, 8, 9 o'clock tonight, you'll probably be emailing me your first mock draft. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah? Uh, You started working on it yet? No, I did not start working on my mock draft. What? You haven't started working on your mock draft, bro? (laughs) We're like, what? Um, I don't even know the draft. What is it? Month? Two months? Month and a half? April is the draft. Hey. Y- I can't that, believe you don't even have your, your mock draft 1.0 ready. Before that, the uh, free agency. <laughs> yes, dear. When's that? March. Ooh. Yeah, man. Uh, that's why all the Carson Wentz rumors are swirling. March 20-something. Never ends, man. And we'll, we'll be here to document it all. It's been a fail. Mock draft. Mock draft. Mock draft. <laughs> it's mock fit. draft season. Oh, man. I'm so... Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been cleansing my Twitter of uh, all of the Dolphins mm. follows. And my feed looks so different now. <laughs> it's not no, no toxicity. There's messiness, but not toxicity. Right. So I'm I'm liking that. Mm. I might I might I might stay without a team just for that. Or mm. if I do end up, if because it's looking like Stephen Ross might be on some, if he sells the team, mm. then I you know I have to come back. Yeah. To be an Dolphins fan, but you and, can come back without. And then don't because I follow. don't I don't follow any of that shit. For I the think Falcons. then I'll do I, I would probably do that. I have a couple of Falcons podcasts that I try to listen to, but they're so bad that it's like, <laughs> I haven't found one that I like. I haven't found one that reminds me of the show that we do. Where you need Like man. where they have some, like a sense of humor about it all. Yeah, like, people they take, take it themselves too, they too take seriously. They take it too seriously. Yeah. It's like you have one of the like biggest jokes of a football team in the entire NFL and you yeah. can't figure out a way to make your <laughs> podcast funny? Like, I don't know. Bro. We have otherworldly chemistry, man. We finish each other's scent. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh shit! I met. I he even gave me a hand gesture, and I completely ignored it. Uh, yeah, I missed it because you know cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, those they could get a sound a soundboard in these other ones, man. Yeah, that would Who's help. Who's got a better soundboard than us? Uh, you can call me Champ Champ. Nobody. Shout out to Champ Champ. Champ Champ won the playoff <laughs> fantasy. Uh, Jason yeah. Rollins, yeah, not you know, just no relation to Jonathan Rollins. It's, it's not, it's not rigged at all. Not rigged at all. Uh, no, not fuck at all. that guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know I love you, Jason. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I came in fourth place, which is you know, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, it's fourth place. You are trash. Exactly. Because uh, I didn't win. I didn't win. If you don't win, you're 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 you yeah lose. exactly. If you don't win, you lose. That's pretty much how that works. Uh, I did beat my family in fantasy though, which is pretty low bar as well. Barely. Yeah. We had a four-person playoff fantasy league. Me, my wife, and my two kids, and I. And uh, yeah, I beat them. So. Oh man. Well, uh, we're gonna we're not gonna be doing two episodes a week in the off season, but we will right. keep everybody updated on everything. Um, and it, it's gonna be fun, man. This was a fun second season of uh, of Spinfl. 
Yeah. Second. Yeah, this is our second season. It's crazy. I, yeah. It's been that long. Yeah, man. So we'll be back. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, you can uh, follow the Spinafel Pod group. Start sending Jonathan your mock drafts. He wants. <laughs> Don't send me. He wants shit. to see them. <laughs> DM Jonathan your mock draft now, right now. Don't do that shit. Seriously, do it. It's his favorite part of the season, mock draft season. Oh my god, I'm do so it. glad. I'm do it not now. Do it now. Do it now. All of Kitty Pickett, number Dolphins one. mock drafts. Ugh. Yeah. Here's my here's my seven point two mock draft. It's version seven oh, no. with a yeah. couple of tweaks. Yeah, it's good. tweaked it. Tweaked it. Second round, tweaked it. Uh, <laughs> Hate them all. Yeah. All right, man. But seriously, DM me. <laughs> all right, y'all. This has uh, been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sarah. And uh, thanks for listening to us. And we'll see y'all next season. Yeah. Hey. Later, y'all.